From Wyoming Public Media, this is Human Nature, real stories where humans and our habitat meet. I'm Erin Jones. This time, we'll hear about a woman who wanted to keep pursuing her passions after she had kids, even though nobody had done it before. We just thought, oh my God, she's up there going to the bathroom with her pants down and there's a mountain lion behind her. Cindy Ross loves to hike. So I hiked the Appalachian Trail when I was 24, broke my foot, and had to do it in two halves. I moved to the Hawk Mountain Sanctuary area, which is um, along the Blue Mountain and the Appalachian Trail in Pennsylvania, world famous for migratory birds. And I used to stop in a little town of Port Clinton that the trail goes through and pick up hikers and bring them home and feed them. It's called Trail Magic. The year after I finished, my soon-to-be husband was hiking the trail, and I brought him home and fed him, and that's how I met him. By the time we were married, we both had hiked the whole National Scenic Appalachian Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail. When Cindy and Todd started thinking about having kids, they wondered how they could keep hiking long distances. It was the 1980s. Few people hiked these trails at all, let alone with children. Cindy found herself very pregnant on a panel discussion at a conference of long-distance hikers. And I asked the 600 people in the audience uh, if they had any advice on how we could keep backpacking, and no one raised their hand because they had either decided on purpose not to have kids because they wanted to keep hiking, or they already were so old that their kids were growing up and they just started backpacking. Soon, Cindy gave birth. When baby Sierra was six months old, the family tried a short backpacking trip. The amount of weight they had to carry, with diapers and everything else, was unmanageable. It became even harder with the birth of their second child, Bryce. So we were at this party, and I was complaining that we couldn't couldn't backpack with two kids, two babies, and carry all our gear. Turned out, the man she was complaining to happened to be a llama breeder. And he said, what about llamas? The Rocky Mountain Llama Association was trying to promote llama packing. He said, I bet you they'll sponsor you and you could do something like the Colorado Trail, which is 500 miles through the Rockies in that state. So Todd and I decided that we would do that. We had a one and a three-year-old. We had 100 cloth diapers. And so we got llamas for free, all their gear. If you're on the, on the AT or any other long-distance trail and you don't have stock, you would just stick out your thumb and hitch into town to resupply, but we couldn't do that with a string of llamas. So the whole 500 miles, they had to set up helpers so that we would be at a road at a particular time and they'd be there with their llama trailer and take us home and feed us and help us get to the laundromat to do Bryce's diapers. We would have to, you know, dry the cloth on the bushes to evaporate it so when we got to the laundromat, we could throw them in. And then dealing with the the poop, we had to, like, dig a hole, have a disposable bucket. And in this area in the Kachatop of Hill, Sierra, at three, she had, like, this, this, like, procedure of going to the bathroom that she had to go and find a big log to sit on and like hang her little butt off the back and needed two sticks to to hook underneath the log as handles. 
and wanted to be far away for privacy. So she's like up on this hillside, this open hillside, going to the bathroom, and all of a sudden, all the llamas start going crazy. What they do is they have this horrifying warning call that they do, and they all look in the direction of danger. And they were all looking like right behind her. We just thought, oh, my God, she's up there going to the bathroom with her pants down and there's a mountain lion behind her. What they do to little kids is, though, is they take their neck and they break it. You know, they're dead and they can carry them away and eat them. So we raced up and grabbed her off of her log with her hiney still hanging out. And she wants to know what's going on. It's like, never mind. We're just taking you back to camp where you'll be safe. After that summer on the Colorado Trail, Cindy and Todd knew they wanted to do more. So they took a year off for Bryce. My husband said, we will not return until this child is potty trained. When the kids were three and five, Cindy's family began the Continental Divide Trail. It stretches over 3,000 miles across the Rocky Mountains, from Canada to Mexico. Cindy's family conquered part of it each summer for five years, with llamas, of course. The CDT is incredibly challenging and remote. One time, we spent a month and a half, and we only saw one person, and it was a cowboy riding the fences looking for breaks. But most of the time, it was fun. They invited friends along. The kids loved playing outside all the time. And then they came to a ridge in Montana. And so we were descending down into this saddle, and the saddle's like a dip in the ridge, and it was acting like a wind tunnel. So it was extremely windy going down into it, and then when we got into it, it was so windy that Sierra and Bryce didn't want to ride, so we took them off and had their hands in ours to hold on to them. But the saddle got blown off Sierra's llama, and he was flipping out because it was still attached, but it was hanging under his belly. So I couldn't control my llama, and I didn't want to let go of the lead rope because llamas are like cats. They will stay with you and listen to you as long as they're on a lead rope. But when they get off, they kind of want to do their own thing. And I heard stories about llamas being stuck up on the divide for the whole winter because they couldn't get them back. So I didn't want this llama to get loose and have to go through a lot to try to get him back. So I wasn't letting go of his lead rope, and he was freaking out because the saddle was underneath his belly. It flattened us, too. Sarah and I were laying on the ground. That's how windy it was. We couldn't stand upright. And and Barrick was, like, stepping on us because he was just losing it. And I'm screaming to Todd at the top of my lungs to help us because I don't know where he is. But he couldn't even hear me, and he was just, like, yards away. That's how this wind was like this locomotive. Eventually, Todd found them, and together, they slowly edged around the back of the mountain. And my son was three at the time, and he said, just kind of like sputtering, he said, like, you know, I, I thought I was going to die, Mommy, because I couldn't breathe. We're not super religious, but, you know, I think we're a spiritual family. Just to comfort him, I said, okay, let's just say a quick prayer to God to keep us safe. It was sunny and everything like that. It was like no sign of rain anywhere. And so we did that. And as soon as we did, this double rainbow came out in the valley. 
Bryce goes, wow, that's God saying that he heard us and we're going to be okay. And it's like, I guess so. So we crawled around the back of the, of the ridge. And when we got to the saddle on the far side of this peak, it got windy again. And Bryce said, let's say that prayer again, because it worked last time. And so they did. And the rainbow came back. It was crazy. In the years since then, as far as Cindy knows, nobody's done anything like what her family did on the Continental Divide Trail. Now, Cindy's kids are grown. My daughter actually wants to get pregnant in two years, and she's already announced that we have to get llamas and train them so that her new baby will ride as soon as possible. So maybe the next family to do a long hike will be my own kids. <laughs> Our storyteller was Cindy Ross. Her book about her children's unusual childhood is called The World is Our Classroom. You can see pictures of their hike when you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Human Nature Podcast. On Twitter, we're Human Nature Pod, and I'm at Erin JNS. And hey, if you liked this episode, tell someone about it. Word of mouth is our best advertisement. I'm Erin Jones. This episode was produced by me with live production from Micah Schweitzer. Editing help came from Megan Fury, Alex Schaefer, and Greg Ronco. Anna Rader is our digital producer. Special thanks to public radio station WITF in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, for helping to record this episode. Our theme song is by Caught a Ghost. Human Nature is a production of Wyoming Public Media. It's human.